1: On today's episode of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we have two repeat performers here joining us to talk about their choice package and how they protect it. The offensive coordinator and receivers coach at Alcorn State, Elliot Ratton, and Jason Phillips. Guys, great to have you back here on the podcast.
2: Yeah, Keith, thanks for having us back. Uh, we really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it.
0: It's a lot of fun.
1: Well, let's go over the overview of this package first. And, and uh, <laughs> you guys, this is something... Uh, That's a big part of your game planning. Uh, It does tie into your RPO package, which we've talked about your RPO system here on the podcast before, and we'll link that in the show notes. But uh, how does this fit for you, and where does it fit for you in your offense?
0: You know, I think the big thing for us and how it fits in our offense is, you know, obviously the RPO is great for when we're trying to handle one side and the seventh defender, like we talked about before, is getting into it. And for us, when we start running the ball effectively, you know, people are going to start getting eight guys in the box. And at that point, that's for us when we need to start pushing the ball vertical down the field. So, you know, we have some things of of when we want to call our inside and outside choice based on where the number seven defender is. So that helps us. And, you know, hey, this is becoming less effective. We need to push the ball down the field. And Coach Phillips is the one in the box, actually. And I'll let him get into it. But, you know, I'm watching the line. I, I called on the field, and uh, he's he's the one that, hey, we need to start throwing some choice here. This is what's happening. And he's kind of got the eyes on game day for that part of it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, a big thing, too, um, it really does – it's hard to just kind of get outside of it, but it really does tie in with the RPO. Um, you know, I think one of the bigger questions, since we did the first podcast with you and it kind of got out there a little bit, one of the bigger questions is, when these guys start moving post snap, now what? Like you've called your routes or whatever for the RPO. And Now you're getting some people, you know, messing with you or movement or things like that. And this is just kind of the next step to it as well. Uh, we're still same philosophy in that we're trying to, you know, not necessarily have the greatest play, but have the right play at the right time. And, and with them making big movements in the secondary, you know, we're allowing ourselves more space. It's This becomes really easy for our guys because in order for them to take away the RPO and do post snap movement, uh, we're reading that on the run and they're making it actually easier for us with those big movements in the secondary. Um, so I think, you know, that next step to kind of package along with it and really for the quarterback as well, uh, he's controlling. It's still about number seven and, and you know, reading the safety to uh, the, the field number seven as well. So it all really ties in. The reads pretty much stay the same as far as where you need to go with the football.
1: So for our, our listeners, and, you know, obviously this is easier when you're on video you guys did put together a great uh, set of videos on coach tube uh, on this package, as well as your RPO system. Um, but give us the overview of what the deep choice is. Package looks like. And I know you guys do install it out of um, two by two, three by one, and two by one formations, but let's just start with a basic two by two.
2: Uh, okay. So, two by two, if we're going to run outside choice, um, you know, it starts for us, we're going to have that as mirrored. So, um, you know, it's a little bit different. And I know people think of this as Baylor back in the day. And, you know, one side, those guys are just chilling and we're forcing the ball on the outside and and vice versa. For us, you know, it started where our head coach ain't gonna let us do that first of all. He's not gonna let guys just stand over on (laughs) the sideline. Um, So we've evolved a lot of, you know, where he wants to take the direction. Um, So it's gonna look a lot like just your normal four verticals. Um, The big thing that we're gonna talk about, you know, more so than the actual route is how we go about protecting that route. Uh, so the number two guy, number two receiver, his route we call it a, a Barry route, B-U-R-Y, um, and he's responsible for keeping it one on one on the outside. Um, so that's the that's the to me putting this in that Barry route is the toughest route, and that he's really got a he's got to bury that safety. I mean that's the name of the route. Um, so he's going to track his inside you know, inside number the entire way. And he's looking to keep that inside number inside of him up to 10 to 12 yards. And if he's accomplished that cross his face and bury the guy. Okay. So along with that, he's got to, you know, still has that overhang um, outside linebacker will linebacker. We trying to expand and carry us Wallace and push through us up underneath one. Um, so he's really got to have a feel for that guy as well. Um, so that's, to me, the most challenging route is the number two, the, the barrier route, and that he's got to have eyes on one person and, you know, knowledge enough and feel enough of that overhang guy where he's trying to collect two dudes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so that's the one that, like, when we go practice it, and we'll talk about the choice route in a second, but, like, to me, that part is you're going to break to where you're open. It's, you know, almost backyardish with some rules. Um, this this barrier out, it takes some time, it takes some feel. Um, you know, it's not a route that you can run your 40 times. You kind of gotta learn how to tempo yourself a little bit. Um, because again, his overwhelming goal is to keep it one-on-one on the outside. Um and I think, you know, with that comes the adjustment for his route in that uh if he feels that overhang, you know, either across his face immediately or leave right away. He's got to be prepared to throttle before he gets to safety, show eyes who should get the football. Right. Um, and then if that, I'm keeping my eyes on that safety at my aiming point, if that aiming point crosses my face, now I become the one-on-one in the scene. Uh, so I need to now go from that tempo release to uh, now I need to accelerate and get my 40 time and, and get going vertical. The ball should be coming to me you know, in the scene. Um, so there's really a lot more coaching and feel that goes into that Barry route than there is to me anyways, on the outside. Um, now for, for the guy actually running the choice route, um, it, for him, it's pretty easy. I, I feel like, um, you know, we'd say if we, if we get zone turn, we want to sit down, if we get man turn, we want to keep going, um, uh, knowing that the quarterback can still make this ride on the back shoulder, um, now, if, if that's if I if I went on the outside of the corner, right, so if for whatever reason I've got inside leverage and I went on the inside, I've got to kind of check out that post and, and, and really what we um, are seeing right there with our barrier around. If I've got the post, I want to take it. Um, and if not, I'll, I will turn that thing into a dig. So it's really where do I win and how are they playing me after I win? Then. Um, it really, it takes a few reps. The guys on the outside get it pretty quick. Like I said, the choice route, I see grass, I run the grass. So I get man turn, I run, I get a zone turn, I stop. That's not that hard. The, the, the barrier route by far is the most challenging thing for those guys to get. Cause um, a lot of feel to it, some patience. Um, but you know, and for our quarterback, again, like I said, it's, it's the same read for him. He's going weak safety to the release of two um, in the field and corresponds again with number seven, number seven. So, you know, I'm not giving too much away, but like for our quarterback, that's pretty much his thought process and everything that we do from RPO to deep choice to, you know, as we get into other aspects of the passing game as well.
1: So, you know, you mentioned the guys on the other side, um, you know, this being mirrored uh, that it's not like Baylor where they're just hanging out with those wide splits and, Trying to to keep people in the picture. So, what do you have those guys doing, and and what's their function? Do they ever become a part of it that's live?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, starting out, there is, if we just call we're calling outside choice. We're calling it to both sides of this period. So, um, you know that depending on how the boundary safety plays the plays it, if he stays over on that side in the weak side, we're going to progress to the field. So it's truly full field for those guys. Now, one thing that we really got um, a pretty good as we went going and kept trying to make it uh, more usable is we would get to, this is awesome really, especially against cover around too high looking that we can really pick and isolate who we want to over there. Um, You know, certain types of, you know, obviously man free, it's going to be pretty good. Certain types of cover three, pretty good. Um, but we, we we packaged it now with let's just say curl flat in the boundary. Um, and I think we all agree that if we throw a curl flat away from rotation, it's gonna be a pretty good concept. So we ended up getting it to a point where the read stayed the same. So we're always throwing that curl curl flat at the weak safety works to the field away from rotation. Um, but as long as he stays in the boundary, stays put over there, now I've got uh, a pretty good picture of getting an isolation from the field, whether it be with the inside or the outside choice. Um, but you know, day one start now, we're going to have it weird.
1: So, you know, looking at—I uh, mean, it's easy to draw all these things up, right? And, and we've been through this whole virtual clinic season where we get all these things, and everybody has the knowledge. But you know, whether. Um, and, and a lot of this does remind me of four verticals and, and some of the things we'd have to look at and teach. Uh, it takes a lot of time in drills, individual group drills, et cetera, to start getting these things down, right. So your guys are getting into the windows that they are making the, the correct decisions. I mean, if you're looking at a, you know, a four verticals package, depending on how you run it, you have, uh, potentially three or four guys really who are making decisions. The way we taught it is, you know, uh, It was really four. One of our guys was always locked on a seam. uh, But his coaching point was your decision is either to keep running and take that guy out of there. You know, if you got a guy straight over the top, or, you know, if somebody rotates away from you, look for the ball. You know, so even him, he still had a decision. He didn't have a route adjustment, but he had a decision to make. So with all the decision making process, uh, the things you need to see, what does that installation look like from, from the beginning so that you're able to start to get this down and get everybody on the same page?
2: Right. Um, I think one of the, you know, very early on, especially with our limitations of what we can do as far as uh, acclimation and things like that, um, one thing that we'll do is we'll spend a lot of time with the defense. And I used to hate it before we started doing this, going just three over two and thinking, well, you know, that alone is I have to go here. You know, to me, that's a terrible, <laughs> that's a terrible drill. It used to be, anyway. So now we go out there and, and I don't care what they do, whatever they're rolling to. We want to get as many looks at that three over two, whether you're spinning to me away from me, you're playing clouds, you're playing quarters, uh, read to however you see it, you know, um, you know, and a big thing too, I know uh, I still do a lot of our scout team, So, especially early on, um, I don't care as much if that guy's not giving me that precise look, whatever, um, because I got to see it. You know, it, he may not kick off the hats. Like, so I, I'm not having to spend as much time coaching on my scout team guys on that as well, because, you know, any look that they could possibly give us is a look that we're going to see in a football game. So the more variety we get there, um you know, obviously we're covering those, those every one of our bases. Um, and, and like I said, the majority, at least with the outside choice, we start wrapping it individually, is that barrier route. Um, it's, I mean, really, it's, it's no different than your avoid drills that you do as a receiver's coach of uh, working through traffic. Now, instead of avoiding contact second level and working off the safety, you're trying, you're creating contact. You're trying to uh, capture people. So it's a little bit goes against um, the two drills, but it's really the same way that we would go about um, from avoiding
0: contact to creating contact for, for that very route. I think one thing from, from scripting it too, that's extremely like, this is going to be on the script about every day. We just finished going through the spring ball plan. And it's going to be on there every day. And we're going to see plenty of defense from our guys this spring. We've got plenty of time to, for them to sit. And, I, you know, you almost welcome it because they're going to get through all the different scenarios. But we're not trying to advance through this long install. No different than the RPO called and talk where you come out in a different look. We have to make the adjustment, but we don't need new plays. So our guys, get we just keep – like it's going to be on there every single day that we throw Skelly. And in team, we're going to throw that against them just from the standpoint of we know they're going to be advancing through theirs and they got to get their different looks and they're going to get a million different ways. And we get to keep throwing it. Those guys get to keep seeing the different looks. And, you know, it helps us. It's just instead of new teaching, that's okay. we got to we make we got to finally see this full speed look, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. From um, a practice perspective, uh, you know, are are you guys routes on air? Is that something you do? Or um, do you put keys out there for your guys when you do that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to have a key, you know, even if it's me, uh, or if it's, uh, you know, our quarterback's coach, uh, the last receiver in line, uh, even in pat and go. So even where we're at pat and go, um, you know, I'm giving them a man turn or a zone turn, I'm giving them leverage keys. Um, so that way they know, hey, this, we're not just, throwing the ball vertical and cutting the ball off, you know, we're still implementing those uh, fundamentals, but we always do it with a picture. All right. And, and that's to me, kind of what coach Reden said too, is this isn't really a concept that I can get in a meeting room and draw it off on the board and say, all right, guys, let's go, to us rocket. it. Is, you know, we'll, we'll give them that, that first day on the board install, but this is something you've got to walk through rep, um, and just show as many pictures as, as you can um, what those guy's physically doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always easy to just draw the lines up there, but you know, so much more is in the communication of what happens than that those lines are the starting point, right? You have to understand the details that go along with it um, from uh, the, you know, we didn't talk about the, the back in this case, you got the mirrored, routes let's say to start on both sides what what's the back doing in in the uh, scheme
2: yeah if we are you know that, that's a big one a lot of times in order to keep the timing right you know we'll, we'll do this out two by two um, for the main you know for the majority of the time it's going to be a two one two by one off the RPO kind of stuff uh, but if we're tagging it to make it a full field uh, concept is Steph back's going to uh, work over the ball. You know, well, he'll favor the field, um, but he's also, and I think it was in the championship game two years ago um, is really, he's working the other option out off that mic um, to be in check down, but he's also that if we're all bailing, if we're getting two man, he's the, he's the, the way to go. Um, so the most most of the time we'll do it with a play fake just to keep timing purposes. So he's obviously gonna check for check protection before he gets out. Um but like I said, two by two we do it. Two by one is probably a majority of the deal. He's gonna be a lot in the protects and stuff that Coach Rat's gonna talk about in a second, but um he's he's gonna work over the ball and really chase away from that mic.
1: So in terms of, of just, you know, before we get into the protection here in a second, in, in looking at uh, this this package, we talked about you know how it can look like four verts when you run the mirror. Do you guys run four verticals, or is this kind of your answer to being able to vertically stretch the, the field when you know, like you said, you got people rolling down, et cetera?
2: Yeah, we don't run four verts. This is it. This is it. And like I said, for us too, it's it's so. Um, so versatile in a lot of things, the ways you can apply it, two by one, two by two, three by one. Um, you can make it full field. You can split fill the concept. You can, um, you know, treat it as your shot plays. You can treat it as your, uh, coming off the goal line plays, you know, having a bunch of different situations. So this, I know a lot of people carry the four verts the same way. This is just kind of our deal. Um. So it, it allows, I think, too, part of the thing is uh, when we call outside choice, we call inside choice. I think the kid, the quarterback, you know, he, he knows what we're trying to accomplish with this thing as well. So he knows, am I, am I reacting off that slot or that number two, the Barry guy, knowing that I want the ball to get outside. Um, so I think this also it lets him know kind of what we're thinking as well. Uh, and we're calling – call on this one for a reason. We want to get the ball on the outside. That's where our isolation's at. um, So it kind of translates in that term as well.
1: Well, and I I guess when you talked about it in the overview, it does serve the same purpose, right? And and it doesn't make sense to carry things that are going to do the same thing as something else, especially the way you talk about how this uh, attacks it. Of course, um, it doesn't matter what we're doing down the field if we don't protect the guy. Right. Uh, my defensive coordinator when I was at W used to say all the time, the quarterback can't pass if he's on his ass. So uh, we got to protect the guy as well. And and uh, Elliot, I know you're going to dig into that a little bit and how you protect this. And again, a, another corresponding course for this on coach, two, But I think you've done an excellent job there as well. Yeah,
0: I uh, appreciate it. Um, but with the deep choice, you know, one, we kind of you know, when we do it out of two by two out of a 10 personnel we kind of look at it as a true half man, half slide with traditional six man protection and typically walling it to the field or excuse me, to the boundary, just so that back can favor of the field. Um, but there's a couple of things, you know, everyone think, you know, if it just breaks down, you're looking at it like, oh, they're just gap sliding. Um, and and honestly, I know everyone, the first thing most of the line coaches see when they, if you see deep choice, you're like, uh-oh, we're going to have to hold on for a long time and, kind of getting at what you just said, uh, you know, they might say there's a lot of passes on that board right there. And that's, we got, but honestly, that ball comes out pretty quick. Quarterbacks taking a quick three with his token fake. Um, And so with our gap slides, whether we're doing inside or outside choice, you know, the one thing that we look at when we do the gap slide is we can slide either way. If all the routes have a chance to stay vertical. One thing we don't necessarily want to do is, if they can hit the run back to the boundary, I don't necessarily want to slide to the field and give that tailback a chance to leak out to the boundary, where we got a chance to kind of mucky that up. And, and our gap slide, and, and part of it's with the head coach, and I, I don't disagree with it at all, but he is not a fan if we're in gap slide against a four-man front of that running back just standing there and helping out. <laughs> um, if you want to see him get mad, go gap slide and skelly and watch that tailback just stand there and not protect against anyone, um, which is why it makes, you know, I, I'm with it. We started installing and putting it in, you know, if that guy has nothing off that backside to help tight end, he's going to get out and stretch to the field off our gap slide. Um, and so one thing we've worked with it, too is we will split flow with the tight end coming back when we go. So if the tight end's in an 11, he's not getting out. And so he'll split flow. And for us, to me, that gives us a nice cheap play action because we are going to run a bunch of split zone and different things. And if you get a chance with the back offset or the back and pistol, the tight end coming across, I think that's a, a super easy cheap play action that you don't have to spend a bunch of time on. You know, because obviously we're gapped up up front. Um, you know, everyone, you know, every offseason, we talk about, well, we need to put more play action. And, you know, everyone wants to figure out different ways to get the ball down the field. As much as we run split flow, that's a nice way to You can get a token fake, again, whether it's gun or pistol, bring the tight end across, line them up on the same side. You got a bunch of it. And we do pay some attention, a lot of attention, to what that flow is we're getting for the week, you know. And marrying it up with what we have in what we've done the previous weeks. Um, you know, some weeks it's important to make sure that we're affecting the right guy. If they're playing fast side, slow side, like with your RPOs and trying to keep a guy out of the fit, maybe we need to do it where it's to the back and to the tight end to get him in so that Barry route can get out a little bit easier. Or when we're running the inside choice to really let him have free run at that safety. Um, the other thing that we, we've implemented is a backside tackle read. Um, I'll never forget, we were, were playing the bowl game a couple years ago, and our tight end, when we went gap slide sometimes, he was tasked with blocking the draft pick from North Carolina AT. That was not a favorable matchup for the, because again, with the tight end, how much time are you really spending on pass pro every week? Because you've got a lot of things to do with running routes, um, run games. So protection a lot of times gets stuck is, So what we'll do at times is we'll have that backside tackle. And if he has a closed B gap, he will slide down. It'll turn into your traditional full gap slide. And if you have an open B gap, we'll let him lock on. And the tight end will insert on the B gap to help him out a little bit where he doesn't get stuck basing a pass rusher every time. Yeah, I mean, it's just not – when you look at that matchup, that's not always – that's not always as good. So – Um, but those are a couple of things we look at, you know, how do we get the play action, whether it's split flow, same side, and both can be out of gun and pistol. Um, when we're looking fast side, slow side, and again, a lot of that helps get identified in the RPO world, you know, in terms of, do we need to affect this guy and get him in so we can get a free run at somebody, or do we need to do it the other way? Um, and like I said, it really, we don't gap slide it because the quarterback has to hold on to the ball for a long time. That's not the case. Like when we started doing it, it's a quick three, that ball's getting up quick. If if it married up, I wouldn't have a problem doing it out of five a lot of the times, but it's just, it's not something that necessarily marries up with our five main.
1: When you look at, um, you know, the quarterback's responsibilities in, in protection, and I'm not saying, you know, that he has to identify or call anything, but, Uh, the the timing the rhythm of him getting getting the ball out and uh, you know knowing when to escape and and uh, you know that nothing's there get out Um, you know how much do you emphasize where that escape route is in the protection because if you look at any protection um, I mean things certainly are going to get muddy at times but for the most part there's going to be a place where he can plan his escape do you guys talk to him about that much not a
0: ton in the gap slide, but to be honest with you, he's done a really – because he's a littler guy, and he has a good feeling of working away from the slide and getting out, which there's times where I get – you know, you get not flustered, but you get concerned. an you know, old line coach that he kind of wanted to be almost in the apex of that pocket, but we all – again, our kid's 5'10", five, five, he's 5'10". Five, Um, So he kind of scoots away, probably ends up right about where that tackle tight end block is. And he's got a pretty good feeling of working out that way. And like he's hit some really big plays on what you just said. And he has no responsibilities in the gap slide world. Like he thinks he's protected. There's no IDs. Now, when we go in the true six-man world, again, he has to understand points and, you know, who we've ID'd and four to a side being an issue to the main side, you know, some he is aware of that, but in the gap slide world, that's part like, he gets to play fast and read safeties and take his drop.
2: And part of the escape too is, uh, you know, not necessarily built in with protection, but more so dictates our coverage for us, Is it turns out that, you know, if the boundary safety is forcing you to work the field and we've got two routes over there, he knows he's the third. You're being told to go that side, you can't throw the ball over there, your escape is that way. Uh, to be able to scramble and run so that coverage is still dictating for him and that really hits with the gap slides
1: though you know when um we talked then about the the versatility of this you know you we talked about two by two is the you know basic way to start looking at this uh you do it out of three by one two by one formations obviously multiple different types of formations um what kind of adjustments do you make as you get into you know, the three-by-one or even two-by-one?
2: Uh, you know, it's really – we'll start two-by-one because I'd say that's probably our best way of doing it, is um, as far as adjustments, we know – we kind of treat that single receiver route just a little bit different. Um, and, and It actually has its own name. So and it's just to know that we don't have anything buried or protected inside of you. Um, so the quarterback really knows – if the, if the boundary safety staying to him or that weak safety staying, uh, to that guy's side, he's not much, I mean, he can still remain a possibility of very, very, very specific looks. Uh, but it's time for him to progress through. Um, I think the big thing that we find is how are they trying to take away the RPO? You know, is it with just seven, or are we doing something with uh, number seven, a particular side, um, you know, we, we play those guys that are by God, you're not running it. We're going to put eight dudes in here. We're hugging this box. Um, now, and I think that's kind of more, more so when we get to the outside where I, right, you know, you're going to pack everybody in, you're leaving a lot of room on the outside for our guys. And we're going to give them the ability to go whichever way they want. Um, so really two by one, the big difference is only one side's going to have that barrier out. It's really actually probably pretty easy for the quarterback. He would say that's, you know. I can eliminate um, I can eliminate a side almost with the ball still in the pocket of the play fake Um, and knowing where that boundary safety that weak side safety, is going to work so we can almost eliminate that side uh, right away Um, now it gives him a chance to adjust to that barrier route if need be Um, and we're talking about the ball comes out pretty quick he knows um, I'm going to throw my choice route on one hitch. Um, so the timing is, you know, I'm going to find that weak side safety with the ball in the pocket, no different than he would in the RPO. Um, and then progress and seeing, you know, what's happening with the release of number two in my drop. So I may have to stick it and get ready to throw that. Uh, however, he's reacting to what we're seeing there, uh, on the barrier route. And having the hitch, the ability to, you know, on the hitch, one hitch we're throwing. If it takes more than that, now we're talking about that. That leads me to escape the pocket and get going that way. Um, you know, I'd say two by one is probably the easiest one to, for the quarterback. I'd say we call it the most, just because it really does lend itself uh, so much so with the RPO.
1: So looking then at at uh, the three by one, or, or just, I guess the question that came up for me as I was listening to you talk is, you know, again, saying that this is married, especially in game plan to the RPO and where they're going to stop. I'm imagining that any kind of formation that you're going to use RPOs in, you're going to, you're going to practice your choice stuff that week with it as well.
2: Right. Absolutely. Because uh, they'll go hand in hand. Now, it may not necessarily be, we have outside choice from trips, it may be that we have the inside choice from trips whatever, like I said, whatever way we're seeing that they're trying to take away, Um, you know, but for us, it's going to be the same uh, situation where that kind of like four verts, where you're going to send three back, he's still responsible for that backside safety. Now, you know, uh, I'm sure the defensive coordinators out there in the world have a thousand ways they're going to try to handle three vertical and trips. So we're going to handle it kind of the same way where we're going to bury the safety that's first inside of number three. OK, so if you're getting that quarters look or they're trying to play um, play quarters between two and three and, and man up you know, number one, we're actually going to bury and be responsible for that first safety inside three. So it may not even like we're not going to waste him on the backside just to waste. him. So we can still control him on that front side safety as well. Now, if he's wanting to push through and they're trying to relate the backside safety to us, um, or if they're playing, even, you know, getting some two Tampa right there. Um, that's really the only time that, that number three route uh, would become an option would, would be really two Tampa where the backside safety is kicking off the hash. He's our first read. He's telling us, hey, we got the possibility of three down the shoe right here. Um, but his route, it's, it's not going to adjust as much. Who he's running it off of will be dictated a lot of times uh, – what coverage that we're seeing. (coughs) But as far as uh, for the quarterback, he's really gonna end up focusing away from the weak side safety to the release of number two and and pushing to my choice to the field. That number three, it's very specific looks and tells where he can get the ball. So he can really just, you know, head down and work through coverage as best as he needs to trying to pick off, whether it be Mike and backside safety um, could be front side safety and whoever's carrying me in the wall. Um, so he's got some flexibility right there to really, you know, make this thing work.
1: So in in how you're talking about this, um, you know, a lot of you, you watch the the four vertical teams all the time. That first whoever's getting somebody's getting across to that opposite hash. You guys aren't attacking that. He's going to stay on that on that same hash essentially or same side. And not get across the field? If the, as long as
2: the safety on his side is staying inside of him. So if he's quarters responsible for him, and that's one of the first things we'll talk about really in any trips is, you know, if I line up as number three, um, who's responsible for me? If I run to this goalpost right now, who, who's going to carry me vertical? Um, so that's a big, a big tell for those guys is figuring out, is it quarters on my side? I'm still trying to play four over three and box it. Uh, to trips, to keep maybe a cloud on the backside or, or, or something along that nature. Um, he will work to that backside hash if that front side safety is outside of him by alignment or if post snap he pushes wide. Now I, the first safety or first guy inside of me that I can bury, it could be a Tampa 2 mic. Uh, now I'm gonna start working that way. Um, so he's gonna have the first safety or high uh, post player inside of him. So that's going to change. Like I said, it can change look to look. So there is times where he will attack backside hacks There's times where he's going to stay on the front side, and it'll look like two digs with a, a vertical on the outside almost.
1: Now, I know you guys do some things with switches as well, right? It's a big part in the four vertical game. Uh, uh, but it applies to what you're doing here in the choice. Um, when do you like to get into – the switches you
2: know we'll get into the switch a lot of times and it will you know be dictated by really how they are playing the number two receiver um if that guy is a true wall player where he's looking the wall anything number two number two uh and you know like some ripples match or some things like that whatever uh where he's carrying two vertical that's going to be a good time for us to get some switches um, you know, obviously, man, it's going to be a good look for us. Um, the, the big times we want to really uh, attack that switch, we will do it a lot of times in trips with two and three. When um, we start talking about inside choice, um, that's that's been a really good one for us as well. And then uh, if we're getting some teams, and I know this doesn't really lead us to getting vertical, but if we're getting teams that are trying to, to banjo and in and out us, we will switch that guy knowing that we get a chance on the outside to probably get that run back or a post depending on favorable leverage. Um, and that's one thing is if, if we feel like that safety is really easy to bury. Um, but maybe we're getting some divider leverage and my number one can't get there. Now I can dictate some leverage by the switches of who's running what route. Uh, it gets us, it gets us some favorable, you know, obviously get some favorable favorable matchups, but, um, we get to get back into dictating some leverage and also having guys get some
0: clean releases on whoever we want to isolate. You know, especially, and we, we worked some last year down in the red zone out of some condensed formations where we even got to use the tight end working is running the outside choice, you know, from a two by one, where they're squeezed down whether it's formation in the boundary and again, see if they can match everything off and we're burying and, we, we, we ended up with a couple touchdowns down just in the red zone on that, which again was nice for us because the concept carried over. But again, want to see, you know, we had a more athletic kid right there and again, give him a chance to do some things out there and see if they can pass some switches off down in the red zone and, and match it off.
1: Yeah, I was just, I, I have it pulled up on the other side here, I was just watching that exact play that you <laughs> had, and you got the, uh, you know, the sniffer wide open. Uh, down the sideline for the touchdown. You know, everybody trying to to match down there. And and uh, he kind of gets lost in the switch there and is open for the touchdown. So you look at it, it's, it's a versatile play um, all over the field. It's a versatile play with uh, your different personnel groupings, with your different formations. And then you add to that um, the ability to use the inside choice as well. So talk to us about the inside choice and, I guess, how that kind of, Fits into your thought process.
2: Yeah, you know, if we we run the numbers of this stuff, uh, obviously it's been a couple of years now since we've got a chance to play. Uh, but you run the numbers of this, and we complete the outside choice at a higher percentage, but the inside choice is much more explosive for us. Uh, this is the one, you know, we talked about. You know, are you trying to stop running RPO at seven or eight? For the guys that are trying to you know, stop it with eight, you're really giving up flats. You're really putting those corners on an island. That's, that's not that hard. We're going to you know, have a chance to sit down and get a completion. The guys that want to try to stop it with seven um, really allow you to isolate that field safety. Um, and that kid can take this thing a lot of different ways. The only thing he can't do is stop. Um, so that really al- al- allows us to get one of our better guys on a guy that's not used to covering someone one on one. And I think this is the one where you know a lot of people you know, we talked to in the last couple of weeks, especially to some defensive guys that talk about trying to give you maybe some false keys in the RPO world. Um, you know, one thing that we get a lot of too when we start throwing the RPOs is these overhangs is number seven, this guy's responsible for us, hell, they'll just stand, you know, they'll stand there and wait for you to hand the ball off and route, so if if we found that if that guy's flat-footing or, or, you know, trying to slow play us, well, hell, he's not rerouting number two, and and that gets us a free run on that safety, and I think a lot of these guys, you guys will tell you, if you're running up on my safety's toes without getting touched, you're putting me in a world of hurt, um, so that's one thing that, that we feel like as soon as we see uh maybe that outside linebacker is not widening with number two, or he's hanging in a window. You know, coach Coach Rad talked about earlier, but that's gonna be the first thing I look for and, and say to him is hey, we need to go inside choice right now. Uh, you know, don't wait, get to it right then if that's their plan to stop RPO. Um it's been very explosive. The kid that ran at the most for last year, he tied the score record. I guess 14, 14, 14 touchdowns. And I think if you go back and look at it of those touchdowns, that you know probably half of them were on some form of inside choice, and probably the other half maybe on the RPO. Um, so this really went well together. And that's not our fastest kid. He's probably our smartest kid that can rub with his eyes up, and, and, and just he had a big year because of it.
1: schematically and technique wise what are the adjustments when you go to the inside choice
2: okay so that guy um he is going to you know have several options a little bit different The only thing he can't do is stop okay so he's going to attack the inside leverage of that safety or the inside number of that safety and play off of it so it It's the same aiming point as we just talked about with the outside. So he's working the inside. So um what we're looking for first of all is if we get the reaction of that safety. So if if that if I'm attacking that inside number, it doesn't move or it's got that scoop, that quarter scoop technique, then I'm going to stick him and stay vertical over top of him in the seam. If we're getting some kind of two-read or you know, traditional quarters where he's staying inside of me. But he's getting depth, and will over time. I'm going to cross the space, um, and really for against a cloud look where that guy's picking off the hash, it's really not that much different. Um, than his adjustment would be in the in the outside choice. He's going to try to get thin and stay to the post and leave the middle for the quarterback. So those are really our two high type looks. Um, when we get rotation, he's just it doesn't matter to him. They're, is my safety that I'm working off of coming to me or away from it? If he is, we'll stay, we'll stay in that seam. Um, I guess the only other one we've got is if we get to where we know man pre-snap. You know, for us, a lot of times, if the field safety in the post, 20 yards deep, it's main. Um So if we see that pre-snap, I'm going to take it to uh, slot fade, the big box fade. Um, so, again – He's just really got to know that same safety that he's been working off of. Where is he going? Um, what grass is he giving me? it's um, not going to really... I mean, he's our focus. Uh, and the quarterback's world, it doesn't change. Uh, still, weak safety to release of number two. So uh, as soon as that guy we're trying to call, we're getting the free run on that safety. So But as soon as he gets rerouted, Anything that's going to be outside of that guy, whoever's outside of the choice route, he's going to have a flat route for us. Now, we've got a couple tags where that could be uh, just a five-yard hitch. It could be a comeback. It could be a a five-and-in route. It really depends on how you're defending my flats as well. So that combination will go there. Now for us, this is not a full, we'll never fulfill this. it will never be near. So we've always got to have a tag away from it. Um, and really that tag's job is to isolate that backside safety and keep him away, uh, from our inside choice. We really want to make sure we can get this guy one-on-one with that safety without a reroute. Um, so a lot of times we'll put, especially in two by one, we'll put a double move or, uh, a combination uh, away from that choice route that we can read away from that safety. Uh, so that way we know, hey, you may be rotating, you may be going through a cloud or something like that, but uh, we've got the isolation and the matchups that we want to feel. Um, like I said, that's really been our most explosive one because we're staying vertical. You know, we, we want to catch up on the move however we can. Um, when you throw in really the double move and the tag with it away from it, you got a chance to, to get this thing being, you know, exposed to play.
1: When you look at this, this package overall, cause you know, as you put it together and, you know, I've seen you guys construct this on coach to, you know, putting all these things in here, how important is it for an RPO team to have something packaged with, with their their RPO that gives you that next answer because I've seen so many teams become essentially become RPO teams but then you look and, and they're not really ever attacking down the field and therefore you know you're only ta- really attacking two levels of the defense which allows them to start to cheat things so you know your recommendation to coaches out there who you know, want to go all in on, on RPO, and you guys have a great system for that that I highly recommend, and we'll, we'll link in the show notes as well. But how important is that for RPO teams to understand that you need to think about the next phase of your attack?
0: Uh, I think it, it's extremely important just from the standpoint of if you want, you know, the whole reason we RPO is so we can run the ball successfully. And the whole reason our RPOs can be done well is because we run the ball first and we can run it successfully. And I think the vertical package allows us to threaten the whole field. You know, like you said, you're if you're only working two levels of the defense, they can do some things to pack it down in there and make it where it's hard to RPO. And if you can't push the ball vertically down the field and make them respect that, I think, you know, it's nothing. I don't think for anyone to come out and play bare man free and really try and press you up and do some things to say, Hey, you're not gonna RPO us. You got to throw the ball down the field. Prove to me that you can do it. You know, so there's a couple things you can do. If you wanna be, if someone's gonna come out and play you in a bunch of one high man-free, you can run the quarterback to try and equate numbers, or you can push the ball vertical down the field and keep those defenses back on their heels where they got to play it too high or start rotating where you can still RPO and and you. To me, we have a lot of different ways where we can isolate people on the football field and read them and make guys think. So if it's RPO, we're reading a fitter. If we're running the deep choice, we're, we're reading a corner, we're reading the safety, and we're getting a lot of one-on-one matchups and a chance for our kids to go make – you know, you get the one-on-one instead of getting two-on-one situations where we're not at the advantage.
2: I, I really feel like, I mean, if you're not – having some form of play action off of your RPO you're missing out on the whole thing. Man. Mm-hmm. So I know we, you know, in each of our packages that we have RPO wise uh, there's a protected, there's something to protect that. Okay. Whether it be the double move uh, off of your RPO route and, you know, whether it be having bootleg off of a, uh, you know, if you run zone read with the bubble, you need to have something bootleg, cross, something to go along with that to protect that and take advantage of it how someone's trying to flatten down the play. Um, so to me, it's you gotta have it. So for us, you know, deep choice, it marries in so well that it's a response. It's we feel like deep choice, especially in two by one and how we're running with the RPO, it's just another extension of RPO. Uh, it's, this is where we go when you are trying to take away our field uh, To try to ultimately get you back, like Coach Rat said, six-on-six in a box so we can run split zone six-on-six. Six. Um, this is our way of protecting all of that and getting it back down.
1: You guys have done an excellent job in, in putting this together, and uh, I'm sure coaches out there who have uh, purchased this really appreciate the detail and, and that you guys are sharing this on coach tube. Again, I'll put the links in the show notes and I know you guys are active on Twitter as well. So if you would uh, share your Twitter handles for us. Uh, I'm just at coach Rappin.
2: Mine is at all underscore coach JP. I got a good long one. Um, And it's all caps as well.
1: Well, it's as always, great to catch up with you guys again and have you back here on the podcast. And, um, you know, I know it's been a, a crazy year and you guys are itching to get back out on the field. So I, I hope, uh, you know, you're productive in the time you have till that happens. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We really appreciate uh, everything you've done and helping us out and getting some message out and for everybody. So it's always great being with you.
1: Thank you again for listening to the coaching coordinator podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.